everybody! Welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, a Tales from the Crypt review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostest, and today's episode is Season 5, Episode 12, Halfway Horrible. It's really more like all the way horrible, am I right? A little bit. The episode's fine. It really didn't stand out too much to me. I did remember the ending, but all in all, the episode kind of didn't seem like it really needed to be made. I mean, it was fine. Uh, so I'll get into it, but there are a couple points that I do want to talk about that did stand out to me on the episode as a whole, but I definitely wouldn't be putting it in any of my top lists anytime soon. So again, like I said, season five, episode 12, halfway horrible. Let's talk about it. As always, John Kassir does the voice of the Crypt Keeper and Danny Elfman does the theme song. This episode aired December 1st, 1993. It was directed by Gregory Wyden. The only other thing he directed was the movie The Prophecy. The screenplay is also by Gregory Wyden. He tends to be more of a writer. It stars Clancy Brown from movies like Pet Cemetery 2 and TV's Carnival, Martin Cove from movies like The Karate Kid, Costas Mandalore from movies like Saw 4, Charles Martin Smith from movies like American Graffiti, John Tenney from movies like Tombstone, Brian Wimmer from movies like Tank Girl, and Cheech Marin is Cheech Marin, Cheech and Chong, and also TV's Judging Amy. This one gets a little confusing because there's so many people for me a little bit. Well, and the fact that they, I don't know if they mess up the name or I guess he's calling him by his last name, but I got Colin confused, played by uh, Charles Martin Smith because they kept calling him Howard, but I think he's supposed to be Colin, but maybe his name's Colin Howard. They really, I, I don't think I caught that. So I was a little confused by that. So I'm going to go ahead here and read the description of Halfway Horrible on the back of the box. A biz exec wants to market a preservative that keeps food from spoiling forever. Hmm. Maybe food's not the only thing that won't perish. So this episode opens up with the Crypt Keeper and it's kind of cute because he's in like leopard print with like this leopard strip bandana thing on his hair and he's got earrings in and he's he works at a salon. So he's doing someone's hair. But this time instead of like a skeleton in the seat, it's a woman. But like, it's like, well, like, I guess the mannequin of a woman instead of bones. But he has done like a hairdryer thing on her and that hairdryer has come up and now her head is a shrunken head. So it's a shrunken head on a body. He burnt her too much, you know. And what's cute about this one is in the back, it says uh, the name of the place is Vedead Sasson, which I believe would be a play on Videl Sassoon, which was a hair product company. Also, Videl Sassoon was a guy who started the company, he found Sassoon and all the hair products. He was known for creating, like, a re bringing back the bob cut. He cut Mia Farrow's hair for Rosemary's Baby in 1968, so that's kind of cool. And then, yeah, just different other cuts. And then he just kind of went from there and had his own company and things like that. So it's kind of a fun little nod, Vedette's Hassan. So the episode here opens up and Clancy Brown, who plays Roger, is there with Martin Cove, who's the detective. And they're at a morgue and they've Pulled, they're pulling the body out on a slab from the freezer and it's doesn't look great. Body's not super great looking. It's bloated kind of and discolored and the detective and Roger are standing there. Roger's supposed to identify the body. So what has happened is some of his business associates or things like that are starting to die or get murdered. And since he knew this guy, he was brought in to identify him and he identifies him as Dan King, who is Costas Mandalore. So the detective's like, well, what's this? And so you look down and there's a shiny blue stuff that's kind of like Reanimator, but blue. And it's pretty color. Not quite as dark as the movie Brain Damage, but it's pretty. 
and he touches it and he's like he was hit with 40 cc's of your preservative and that's what this stuff is and you know that's what killed him but apparently he's like i was the detective's like apparently his head won't rot for a hundred years and i'm like it still looks pretty bad a lot of the heads in here look kind of bad what's in this shit well basically it's a herb from the rainforest found this in his pocket i have not forgotten or forgiven at first we thought it was suicide but his handwriting isn't matching mean anything to you it's a note it's a threat and it's pretty there's pretty certain that it's aimed to roger and along with this note too so they put the body back in and along with this note too there's also a photo and then at this time too roger's having this severe headache he asks uh, the detective for an aspirin takes the aspirin there's a lot of aspirin in this there's a buttload of aspirin in this episode there's also a mark on dan king's body that's kind of like a tribal rune type mark too so with this picture that was also found with the body, it's a picture of four guys. So one is Roger, and then you have Dan King, and then you have a guy named Alex and a guy named Kevin. And Alex had passed away when they were in Brazil. This photo was taken in Brazil. So he's like, yeah, we went to Brazil and Alex died out there and everything. And the detective's like, well, what's in this preservative? And he's like, it's an herb that we got from out in Brazil and things like that. It was crazy. These are my business associates. And so then the episode jumps back six years. Ritual episode, another voodoo type episode. But this time we're in Brazil. So I was like, oh, okay, because usually it's Haiti or... There's been a couple other places too that they've had in these episodes. So it was interesting to see a different place. So it cuts to six years earlier and we're seeing it. It's not just being told, we're seeing it. And there's a fire and it's dark and there's indigenous people there. And they have a bowl of that shiny or that glowing blue material liquid. And one of their tribe members or members of their group is in like this upright coffin thing. Clancy Brown helps them with the ritual. They have this guy drink it. Uh, I believe they bury him afterwards. It's supposed to like revive him to be a zombie, keep him preserved, but then reanimate him, I suppose. It's a lot of, um, I'm not sure exactly how he was able to transfer it into keeping other things preserved. They don't really go too far into it. I mean, the episode's only like 22 minutes long or something. Anyway, so while Clancy Brown, Roger is giving this guy this blue liquid and it's like flowing down him as he drinks it, like down his chest. Like he's not a great drinker. Like it's all over his mouth and it's really viscous and stuff. The other three guys, Dan, Alex, and Kevin are like, this is crazy. What are we doing? I thought we came out here to learn and like be with these people or whatever, you know, and they're like, this is evil. This We're going to go to hell for this. This is not cool. You've taken us to a place we can't turn back from, Roger. This side of you, it's evil. All the way. We came down here to go all the way. Everybody has an evil side. Secret's just learning how to keep it on a leash. And then Roger's like, shut up. These four guys go into this business deal. I guess they heard about this herb or something and they thought they could make some sort of business from it, especially Roger. So now it cuts back to present day and Roger goes home. He's had a long day. When I rewatched this episode, I remembered this and he comes home and his apartment's been ransacked. Everything's been like moved around and flipped and there's uh, graffiti on the wall that says, I have not forgotten or forgiven. So this is definitely a repeat of earlier. 
and on top of what I think, I think it says TV, is a small voodoo doll, but it's like a little man in a business suit, and half of them is like red, like a little devil with little horns, and then the other half is just like a bald man in a business suit. So he calls the detective back. He's like, someone's obviously leaving me a message. This is for me. And they're trying to figure out like why, why now this is happening, who would maybe be out to get him. It's been six years, you know, why out of the blue? But then you do find out that Clancy Brown's character is waiting for FDA approval. Like they've been through all the work. They put all the work into doing these experimental reviews and things, the product's working. They need to just get FDA approval and guidelines and things, and then they should be able to kick it off. And now all this stuff is happening. So the detective shows up and it's funny, like there's cops there too, and they're kind of like checking out the place, probably getting fingerprints or whatever, I don't know. And the cop is showing up and I think he's eating yogurt at the robbery scene. He just shows up with this like little teeny cup of yogurt or pudding and he just sits down next to Roger and he's like, hey, how's it going? Like you interrupted my yogurt time, but here I am in my suit eating that little cup of something. And Clancy Brown's having another headache and he's still like taking all his aspirin and things. And yeah, so they're sitting there and they're talking and the eventually the detective's like, who else would be doing this? So Alex died in Brazil. Dan is dead now. Who else would be here trying to do something against you and things after all this time? Who would know where you live? And so Roger's trying to figure that out. And he's also kind of remembering now back to some other stuff going on in Brazil. And so it cuts back to Brazil six years earlier, and you got two of the guys here, and they're putting a flower, this flower, into that blue glowing goo, right? And it kind of reminds me of the episode Curiosity Killed, season four, episode 14, where they used flowers or bulbs that they grew on a dead body to make this potion to, to live longer or to, well, to be young again, I suppose, to be young again. So Roger shows up to these two guys while they're doing this, and he's talking to them, and he starts saying something. He's saying this to, to Kevin and Dan. So he shows up to Kevin and Dan while they're preparing the liquid or whatever. And he's like, hey, there's been some crazy stuff with the government here in Brazil and our passports. And like Alex had to leave and go back home and we're just going to keep going. And the guys don't really buy it. They're like, why would Alex just leave without saying anything? Like, that doesn't make any sense. We haven't heard anything about anything and why him and not all of us. And so the guys are like, this is stupid. Like, we're this is a horrible thing we're doing. And Roger's like, no, seriously, we need to finish what we're doing and we'll go back. It's fine. Everything's fine. So like, whatever. So then it cuts to just Roger. He's coming back out of the woods, right? Didn't tell the other guys. He has Alex. Alex is going to be sacrificed for this ritual. And he was all like, oh, Alex left. Oh my God. Which part of me is like, I don't know how he expected to get away with that later. What, were they going to show back up into L.A.? after the trip and be like, I don't know, Alex just disappeared. What? That's crazy. Because they all seem like they've been friends for a long time. So Roger is throwing Alex under the bus. He's using Alex in this ritual and he's got Alex and the indigenous people are there again and they have the ritual going and they have Alex in the coffin thing standing up and he's like, dude, you don't have to do this. And he's like, I do. Because apparently, according to the tribe, they're willing to give them this secret, right? They're willing to let them know what's going on or like use their product or use their ritual but they have to make a sacrifice. So that's the only way they'll let them him have this secret. So he's like, all right, I don't know how Alex got the short end of the stick. Um, maybe he was more against it and everything. I mean, I think he might've been the one who called him evil. So he just, he takes Alex out. So Alex is like, no. And so they pour the liquid down and they bury him in the ground. And that's, that's how he ends up getting the secret, getting this herb that he can now sell and make a lot of money off of. Free lunch, buddy. Tribe demanded a trade. What 
sacrifice in exchange for their secrets. You. You can't do this. All the way. You came down here to go all the way. We're not, not like this. Roger, Roger, you can't do this. I mean, I mean, let's spread about you. And so then it shows this witch doctor mask. Like there's a guy wearing a witch doctor type mask. I mean, I suppose that's what it is. Just like a tribal mask with the fringe and things hanging off of it. And then it cuts to that mask. So he has that mask present day with like a spear thing in his office, which is called Lassen. I think his last name is Lassen, L-A-S-S-E-N. So Roger Lassen. So now it's present day. Uh, This woman who's like a secretary type thing, she comes in and she gives him like a mug of coffee or tea. And he's there with a guy who's doing an interview like on video. And he's like, oh, tell us all about your new preservative. So he opens up the cloche and underneath it is two red delicious apples. He says they've been there or they've had them for like two years. They were harvested two years ago, injected with this preservative. And now if you try them, they're super crunchy, fresh off the tree tasting. I don't know how much of the nutrition is still there or what would happen to your body with it. They don't really go into it. They don't really ask the question, but... He says it's just as good. Everything's just as good. There's also an implication that, you know, your wood wouldn't go bad. It can be uh, injected into wood. It can be injected into your clothing. Your clothing would never fade or anything like that. I'm not sure how well that works, but they're like, yeah, just do it. The guy doing the interview is like, wow, that's, you know, that's impressive. And then the interview ends and Roger still got a bad headache. So he's like coming out of the interview and popping more aspirin, just so much aspirin. And he runs into Colin Well, Roger calls him Howard. It says Colin on IMDb. I'm not going to get too much into it. We'll just call him, we'll just call him Howard. Who cares? So Charles Martin Smith is playing Howard. He comes up to Roger and he's like, hey, we're having a little bit of trouble with the FDA. So all this stuff with this death of Dan King and all this kind of things that are going around with this and like the robbery and things, they got wind of it. It, They're worried that there's a lot in stake with this deal. Germany's worried Japan's worried like we're not sure if we're gonna get this deal and so Roger's like what this is ridiculous this needs to get approved we need to get this approved now so now (laughs) Roger's in his office and he's getting hot you know he's like undoing his tie and everything and he's taking all the aspirin he just needs more aspirin he even tells his secretary like give me more aspirin and Howard is like you need to see a doctor all the stress and things are getting to you. Karma is going to get to you. Roger's like, I could fire you. And he's like, you won't fire me. You need a guy like me to tell you when things are getting too crazy. Everyone needs one of those. Him and Roger kind of spat back and forth for a while. Howard's like, well, what about Kevin? This could be why this is going on or something like that. And it's weird because like after this trip too, when they got back, it doesn't seem like they really talked all that much. Like I think he, Roger stayed in touch with Dan, Costas Mandalore's character who is now dead in the morgue. I mean, Alex died or was killed and Kevin, I don't think he really ever talked to after six years. So it's like interesting that after all this time, this would come up. And so he's like, fine. Roger's like, fine, I will go and find out what's up with Kevin. So he goes to Kevin's apartment. Luckily, he's still in the same apartment after six years, just comes up to his apartment like, hey, Kevin, what's up? And so he gets to the apartment and the door is slightly ajar and he just comes in. 
And he's like, Kevin, hey, it's me, Roger. I know we haven't talked in like five or six years. We need to talk about Brazil just out of the blue. I'm like, okay. And it's kind of one of those dingy, like I think they're, like I said, in LA. They may be in somewhere else now, but back in the day they were heading back to LA. But it's kind of one of those dingy, like kind of New York-y LA cheap apartments where all the appliances are real small. So you have like a real small little stove, real small little fridge. There's like a dripping faucet. It's kind of dingy. It doesn't look great. There's also a radio plane here with tribal like jungle music. So I guess none of his neighbors care. I don't know. It wasn't that loud, but it was enough to cover up this dripping sound. So when Roger goes to turn the radio off, he hears the sound, he turns around and it's that blue preservative and it's dripping off of something onto this plate, like a lunch plate, dinner plate. And when he looks up to see who what's where it's coming from, it's really not that high, but he looks up a little bit and in the chair that he didn't notice is Kevin and Kevin is dead. Kevin is very dead. He has also been injected with, you know, 40 cc's or whatever. There's still some in the syringe. They didn't even put it all the way in. But into Kevin's neck. And I'm worried about what this preservative does to you because it was injected in his neck and it does not look great. I mean, they did a great job on the effects in this one, at least for these parts. Which is something considering the, the plot's fine, but it's not, it just didn't stand out to me that much on this one. Kevin's head is all swollen, his eyes are swollen shut and big, his lips are big, and there's a note stuck to his clothes and it says that I am... I have not forgotten nor forgiven. And so now Roger's pissed. He's pissed at Howard. I think he's thinking Howard is actually backstabbing him this whole time and not telling him and how dare he and sent me here and now my prints are everywhere, makes it look like I killed Kevin. And Howard's sitting there just working in the break room. He grabs him, just like grabs him. Howard throws up against the wall. Now this part coming up here, so far in the episodes I've watched, there's been gore, there's been blood, there's been... Parts where I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's unsettling, things like that. So far, this is the episode that has made me cringe more than any other in one particular spot. So this spot coming up, Roger's yelling at Howard. And he's like, how could you? All this stuff. Howard's like, dude, you're stressed out. What are you doing? Why are you being like this? And so he's, he picks up Howard and he takes the back of his head and he throws him onto this desk thing or like the, I don't know, it's like a... I guess it's like a real sturdy, just big long table that you would have a meeting at. Kind of looks like a concrete slab. But at one point, he hits his face onto it, right? And I hate anything like that where you're like crushing noses. So he hits it the first time, brings back up. The guy's got a bloody nose. I'm like, okay, that's gross. So I'm literally sitting there watching the episode. He goes again, he hits it, smashes his face right into it, straight on, and kills him. And I literally like felt nauseated for like a split second and turned my head away. I was like, oh. It's a great effect and the blood comes out from the top of his head, which is weird. I guess the table's on a slant. It's weird that the blood would flow that way and not pull around him, but still it goes all over the place and he bashes Howard's face into this table. And I was like, ooh, that's sickening. Like I did not like that at all. And I, so far, I don't think I've had any episode that really, I mean, they, some have grossed me out, but not like that. Not, not to where I've literally flinched away from the screen. So now Clancy Brown's all frustrated, right? And he killed the guy and he just, leaves him there on the table in his office and just as he's kind of backing off he hears this voice and there's this figure in the door talking to him and he's like one person in the world that actually liked you alex you're dead nobody dies in macumba voodoo roger you know that they're just raised and raised over and over forever what do you want come on roger i've spent six years in a voodoo curse I haven't even changed my clothes yet, and that's all you have to say, huh? Jesus Christ. 
happening. There's something wrong with my mind. I'll fix it and you'll be gone. Yes, you're mine. Caught your killer yet, Raj? Leave me alone. In a minute. I had to do it, Alex. All the way, remember? We went down there to go all the way. Sure, Raj, sure. Find your killer, Roger. Really? And take a good look in the mirror because it's you. You killed him, Roger. What's happening to me? Your great control dark side, the one you're so proud of, it's out of its cage now, Roger. It's not even telling your other half what it's doing anymore. It's going to eat you alive. This is impossible. The world changes, Roger. It's Alex. And you stand there and you can't really quite see him. It's like it's just like a dark figure. So you can't see his face. So Roger's like, Alex is dead. Alex is like, oh no, nobody dies in Macumba voodoo. And that's what they call it, Macumba voodoo. And I looked it up. It is a type of religion practiced in Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, and Paraguay. So that's kind of nice or kind of cool that they used a real term. So he's like, yeah, nobody dies in Macumba, Macumba voodoo. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Macumbe? Maybe Macumbe. And so you get some light more on the situation and on this picture and you see it is Alex. Alex is a zombie. Alex has been, I don't know if it took him six years to get here by walking or how he got here. He was shipped here. He hung out. I mean, he says he's been hanging out in Brazil for a while. He hasn't even changed his clothes yet. He's just like a stinky zombie. And so Alex is like holding up some of the paperwork, the note with the forgiven forgotten. And he's like, this handwriting looks familiar, doesn't it? And he points out, he's like, the handwriting's similar. Doesn't look an awfully lot like yours. So what he's pointing out is that Perhaps it's Roger doing these killings. You know, maybe he's just associating it's part of these headaches, I guess. It's his own karma, his own evil, whatever voodoo thing that's going on to him is making him do this and sabotage his company. And why Alex came all the way back here, I don't know if he's just part of that. And the makeup on him's okay looking. Alex, I mean, it doesn't look that crazy. He just looks kind of gray and things like that. Um, Alex is like, you have a dark side inside of you, which is kind of similar to like that voodoo doll that was like half and half. And so he's trying to tell him, he's like, Roger, this is you doing this. And he's like, no, screw you, I don't care. And so Roger gets mad and he takes that spear that they showed earlier with the witch doctor mask and he cuts off Alex's head, decapitates him right there. Blood kind of spurts out. Strange that he has that, that much flowing blood considering he's a zombie, but maybe it's just a preservative, I don't know, in the way the ritual is. And he's just like fucking zombies or whatever and leaves. And so... What's weird about this scene right here is it just kind of cuts and it seems like it's missing a part in a way. But so he just leaves this decapitated zombie guy and a guy with his face smashed in at his company and leaves. Doesn't try to hide it. Just bye. And so now it just cuts back to his house. So now you're just back at the apartment and the door opens and in comes Cheech Marin. Cheech Marin is playing Dr. Benaloy and he's been called somehow... somehow um roger knew about this guy uh he's a doctor obviously comes in he's like i need your help i'll give you anything i'll give you this i mean i'm rich look at this apartment i'll give you everything i just need you to fix what's going on with me and what's going on with whatever this ritual this doll everything so i don't know if he remembers i I i'm assuming benaloy chich marin was the witch doctor from brazil but maybe not Because it's like, it's kind of hard to tell who's doing this to Roger, at least for me. Who left the voodoo doll 
was it Cheech Marin? Was it Alex? Did Roger do it himself? And so he's sitting there in his seat, and Cheech Marin's like, yeah, this is, um... It's voodoo, Mr. Lesson. Thanks, Doc. Gotta be a little bit more vague. It's called a shoe. A harnessing of the two-faced god that controls the coexistence of good and evil. When this voodoo is released, it destroys that balance. There are the usual symptoms, perspiration, heart palpitations, homicidal blackouts, suicide. Fix it. Mr. Lassen, the treatment can be problematic. No, man, you don't understand. You gotta fix it. Or what? You gotta help me. It's Alex that did this. Stop what's going on inside me. I'll pay, man. I will pay. Yes, of course, you will. The only treatment for a shoe is called Krilati. It kills the curse by destroying the evil half of the person attached. Okay. But in a case as clearly advanced as yours, there is one small snagget. What? <laughs> It'll probably kill you. So then they cut to doing this ritual, and he's laying out on this table. And I mean, it's kind of, it's an okay scene. He's just laying there on the table. <laughs> Cheech Marin comes out with this makeup on and like a robe and a headpiece or a headdress type thing and comes at him and he's screaming. And then it cuts to later back at the apartment. He still hasn't cleaned anything off the wall. It still has the message, I the whole forgiven and forgotten thing. He's sitting in the seat and now this, in his chair, there's like a love seat or like a... Yeah, I guess it's like a love seat or recliner type thing in front of the door. There's like some st little stairs coming down to the living room and then there's the front door. This scene I did remember. I remember the situation when I saw that. I was like, okay, yeah, I think I remember what's coming up. And so he calls the secretary. I think her name was Miss Withers or something. And he's like, girl, I mean, he doesn't say that, but he's like, girl, I need you to bring over like 200 cc's of the preservative. And she's like, that's the rest of our experimental stock, which part of me is like, that's all you have? Are you about, is there other stock? Cause like, it seems like if you're going into production after six years and all you have is 200 cc's, considering that one guy took 40 cc's to kill him or whatever, like it doesn't seem like a whole lot, but I was like, fine, whatever. He's like, yes, bring me all that. She's like, did you also know there are dead bodies here? She's like, everything's going crazy. Someone, there's dead people. He's like, I don't care, just bring me the stuff. And so she shows up and it's dark. They're doing another like dark shadow thing, right? And she's like, hey, she comes in. And I'm like, this poor woman, she's just trying to work. And she comes in and she's got the stuff in like a little bag. She's like, I got the syringe and all that stuff. And she, he's like, come in. Did you bring the syringe and the XDMB? Yes. What is the thing you want me to do, Mr. Lassen? Bring it to me. I beat that son of a bitch. Alex thought he had me, but he was wrong. See, there is a way to beat the curse. Destroy your evil half. The half that the curse feeds on. Then Aloy did it. Before it could completely destroy me, he killed my evil half. Now it must be preserved. 
But she, he turns on the light and she sees his face and she screams. And you go back to his face. I think the thing with this episode is it really isn't that scary or... I mean, it's got a couple gross parts and uncomfortable parts, but this guy's been a jerk the whole time and he hasn't seemed like a great guy. So it's not like... It's like everyone kind of gets screwed in this episode in a way. I guess it's just like, don't mess with voodoo. I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of a weird... It seems a bit pointless in the episode. It's not like it's a horrible, horrible episode, but it just doesn't really do anything. Like, I, I wouldn't... If I was going to suggest episodes to someone to check out Tales from the Crypt, even obscure episodes, I don't think I'd put this on here. But it cuts to Clancy Brown's face, and half of it is, is fine. It's his face. The other half has looked like it's been mutilated. It's bleeding. It's been, like, ch chopped up and everything to his lips and stuff. And I guess that was his evil side. Kind of like the voodoo doll. Exactly like the voodoo doll, you know? It's all red. That's his evil side. Now he has like the whole like 200 cc's in a syringe and he's gonna put it into his neck on the good side, which is weird. I feel like he would inject it into the dead side, but okay. So I guess what he's wanting to do is make sure his other half of his face or half of his body doesn't rot. So he's putting this preservative in, but it's like you still, I mean, he's gone crazy. Cause like he still looks horrible. Like he looks, like I said, not halfway horrible, all the way horrible. Oh wait, I, okay, yeah, I get that. I didn't think about that at first. Yeah, halfway horrible. Ha! Yeah, I get that title now because half is horrible. You know what? Fine. Whatever. This episode's fine. It just, I don't think, I don't know if I'd watch it again anytime soon, ever. So, so he's like, yeah, I need to preserve it, whatever. He's gone crazy. No one cares. That woman needs to just run. And then it just cuts away. That's the end of the episode. And so it cuts back to the Crypt Keeper. He's still in his salon. He's having a great time. <laughs> Crypt Keeper, you're so punny. And the best Crypt Keeper pun is... Wow. At least in the end, Roger knew right from wrong. If only he'd learned a little faster. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. That's the end of season five, episode 12. There is no IMDb trivia for this episode. Again, it really, it was fine. I mean, it's, I don't know, watching it a second or a third time to kind of review over it again. It's a little better, but it still just really doesn't, it seems like it kind of drags, even though it's not that long of an episode and it, there's a lot of filler, it seems like, for a basic plot. Season 5, episode 12, Halfway Horrible. The next episode is season 5, episode 13, Till Death Do We Part. I want to thank you all so much for downloading and listening to this episode. Please feel free to subscribe, leave a review. I have a new review, actually, that recently came in not too long ago. I thought I would read it. It was from iTunes or Apple Podcasts. So I have a, a review here from Bry Paul the Writer, 5 stars. Nice, short, and sweet reviews. I've only listened to a few episodes so far, but what I like most is how swift and breezy these are to listen to. Not too much time taken up by technical criticisms. These are more responses than reviews, and that's not a bad thing. Tales from the Crypt is one of my favorite shows to rewatch, despite not being a big horror fanatic, and I also have a decent collection of reprinted EC comics. I'm less of a gratuitous blood splatter type and more into macabre and dark comedy. Melissa seems to have similar tastes. So thank you so much, Bry Paul the Writer, for that five-star review. If you two out there would like to leave one, you can leave it on Podcast Republic, iTunes, or on Facebook, and I'll be sure to read it on an upcoming episode. You can also follow the Facebook page for the Good Evening Kitties podcast. There is a Twitter page as well at at G-E-K podcast. That's at Gek podcast. Again, thank you all so much for listening, and have a good one. I just had quite a